Hey, Assembly family, we're so excited that you chose to join us for worship this morning. If you're with us every week, or if this is your first time ever joining us for online worship, we are so excited to have you here. Would you take just a moment and fill out the Connect card that our online service host has dropped in the chat? We like to make giving incredibly easy here at the Assembly. You have three ways to give. You can give online at theassemblyflorence.org. You can navigate to the top right-hand corner if you're on a desktop and click on the Give Now button. If you're on a mobile device, tablet, or smartphone, you can click on the three lines for the menu, click the Give Now button. Both of those Give Now buttons are going to navigate you to our online giving platform. You can also give via text message. If you text the number 77977 with a message that says S. See Assembly Give, all one word, you'll receive a link to our online giving platform. You can also give via mail, by mailing either a check or money order to The Assembly, 2925 West Palmetto Street, Florence, South Carolina, 29501. Again, thank you for giving to The Assembly. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that the rest of this service blesses and encourages you. Hey, Assembly family, I want to take just a quick moment to invite you to be a part of an exciting new time here at the Assembly. Our broadcast ministry is exploding. We are online on Facebook and YouTube every week on Sunday, and we are on Facebook every Wednesday. We want to invite you to join our team and join this ministry of the Assembly. We're looking for production directors. We're looking for camera operators, we're looking for lyric presenters, and we're looking for online chat hosts. These are all areas that we can train you and teach you every aspect of the job. You do not need any prior experience. So if you're interested in any of these, someone in your family. Hey, Assembly family. I want to take just a quick moment to invite you to be a part of an exciting new time here at the Assembly. Our broadcast ministry is exploding. We are on Facebook and YouTube. 85% uh, rehabilitation rate. And that's amazing because they, they look to the Lord. And they use the power of God's word in these people's lives. So be praying with us. It's a great outreach for our city, for our church. And be inviting people, people that you know. Say, so just come and try and just listen and see what the Lord would do. So that's April 25th, 10.30 here at the Assembly. Thank you. May your struggles keep you near the cross. May your troubles show that you need God. May your battles in the way they should. May your bad days prove that God is good. May your whole life prove that God is good. May your strength.
thank you that you are God of help, that your help comes every day, that your help comes every day, that your help comes every day, that your help comes every day. Oh, Lord. Father, we receive your help. We receive your help today. We receive your help today. We receive your help today. God, you're good. 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 Would you help me just tell him, God, you're good. God, you're good. Lord, you're good to me. Lord, you're good to me. You've never stopped. You've never stopped being good to me. You've never stopped being good to me. You've never stopped being good to me. Oh, God is You've never stopped. Oh, oh. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, 
is Lord. God is good. Oh. May your hope. Lord, we thank you. Yeah. God is good. Fathers, your word goes forth this morning. I ask that you will diminish my flesh, that I decrease and you increase. That the words that I speak come directly from you with life with life with life with life in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah 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 would you give God a high praise this morning for me thank you so much hallelujah would you continue to give him a high praise auditorium life. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bring them down some more so everyone can focus this way and you're not distracted. Uh, even more. You know, we're going to the Word now, so need to be able to just on the Word of God. I welcome every one of you this morning. We are still recuperating and bouncing back from the uh, invasion of a physical pandemic that then migrated into a, an economic pandemic that then attached itself to a social pandemic for the first time in America, we've had uh, three converging pressures on our country uh, that we've never had before. We did not have this during the Civil War. Uh, there was not a mass pandemic during any of our historic wars or battles. During the economic crash of the 18 hundreds, there was not, uh, in addition to everything else, a pandemic of epic proportions that have now, has now taken over 500,000 lives. And I, I just believe that we are living in a time that has been ordained by God for you to excel. You are living at a time in your life where God wants you to excel, to excel, to excel. That his glory come out of you, oozes out of you in a way that it has never done before. That's the only explanation I could, I could find because when Israel was under its most pressurizing 
moments in the Old Testament, those were the times when God showed up in his greatest marvel. And I believe he wants to do that again in this season of our country and in your lives. If you're listening to me online and you have not accepted Jesus as your personal savior, I want to do that at the very beginning. Uh, what I say will not mean as much unless you understand that you have to taste and see that God is good. I can't explain it to you. I say normally and oftentimes that it does not matter how much I tell you about my mom's Caribbean curry chicken. I can shout and jump and roll on the ground and laugh and cry and become extremely emotional about how good her cooking is. But unless I get you over to the house one day and you're able to taste what I have tasted, uh, it will not mean anything to you in the long run. It will not mean anything beyond the moment. And I don't want the word that comes forth today to just affect you in the moment. I want it to be long-term. So if you're looking at me online, which I know there are hundreds, even thousands online, and you're here with me, can we just take a moment to consecrate? And those that have not accepted Jesus, would you do that right now? Just bow your heads with me and say, Father, I know about my mess, and you know about it too. Today, I come trusting you to wash me up, to clean me up. I receive salvation and I repent of my sin. I ask that you come in and fill the void that has now been left after a lifetime of sin. Thank you for your forgiving power. Thank you for your blood that was shed for me. Now, oh Father, feed me. Feed me. Feed me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we are, we are one. We are connected. Your spirit has flipped from death to life. And so we are brothers in the spirit. We are brothers and sisters in the spirit. Now what I say will mean even more to you as you're looking. I believe God's got a word for us this morning that I am trying very desperately to contain myself and not get ahead of what God is trying to say. Uh, I know that I will need uh, my uh, towel at a certain point. I forgot it. Would you check the office and get that for me? Thank you so much. Our text is going to be pulled from the book of Deuteronomy, chapters 34, Verses 1 through 
Hallelujah. For those of you who were here last week, ah, man, were we blessed or what? I, I think we should give them another hand. I, I, I went back and looked at it. And our Easter presentation was off the chain. We have uh, sat down and uh, gone over everything that went on. And from what I can see, I think you've got even more to look forward to for Christmas. Am I, am I heading in the right direction? Don't, yeah, Brother Tony? There, I'm telling you, I can't wait. Uh, we are going to be more diligent about sending out flyers of invitation to you for our Christmas presentation. I apologize to our leadership team and to the uh, ones who were involved in the program because uh, if there was anything that I could do directly, it would have been uh, making sure that we had sent out a very strong flyer invitation. But that was the first time. We will not let that happen a second time. So you can trust me. We're going to have a good Christmas presentation coming up. Hallelujah. Uh, today, I would like to address... Thank you so much. I would like to address the theme that I, I've pinned these words... I see my promised land. I see my promised land. I see my promised land. Go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 34. I'm going to read uh, from the New King James Version. Do we have any visitors in the house today? First-timers? Hallelujah. Second time? Bless God. Any other person? Any other person? Any other person? Just give me a little finger, uh, you know, just a wave. Hallelujah. Can we welcome our, our, our second-time visitor? We welcome you to the assembly. It's a selfish prayer, but our prayer is that you would be led to make this home. Hallelujah. We know God can feed you anywhere, but, but we want him to feed you here. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Welcome to the assembly. Glory be to God. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 through 8. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Nebo, Mount Nebo, to the top of, of Pisgah, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the south, the plains of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as they are. Then the Lord said to him, this is the land of which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have caused you to see, I have caused you to see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died in the land of Moab 
according to the word of God, of, of the Lord. And he buried him. He who? He, God, buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows his grave to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. Key verses will be verse 6, uh, verse 5, sorry, that God uh, buried Moses himself, verses 6, and then verses 8 that we will end with. And the children of Israel, well, verse 7, sorry, verse 7. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim. He had 20-20 vision. Nor his natural vigor diminished. His, his sexual, physical prowess was still at peak. I want you to, to, to get that. Because normally it doesn't matter how big and burly a man continues to look. Medically, there's a, there's a, a descent that happens in your testosterone and sexual level. But here we see God saying he did not go on to glory as just a strong man. He goes on with his natural vigor. Natural vigor is different from physical strength in that it's speaking about something beyond how he looked. His natural vigor had not diminished. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab. 30 days, the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. I see my promised land. I see my promised land. I don't have to take a poll to understand that if you are human like I am, that you have dealt with things in your life that have caused you to feel that you have completely missed God's promise for you. And at times, you've even felt as if you will never get a second chance. Or maybe you are just a little better than I am. But I can tell you that they were things, issues, moments of discouragement, failures in my life that when I walked through those valleys, something in my mind said, boy, you messed up too bad now. You've gone too far. And 
It just so happens that every time we're in that place, there's going to be about two or three or ten people that will agree right along with you. Oh, yes, you have messed up. You may never get another chance. Oh, no, it's done past you. I want to say to somebody listening to me today that God is declaring to you that what missed you has not yet passed you. That the open doors that the adversary thought he had snatched out of your life during a moment of failure and frustration has not caused you or not caused his blessing to pass you. Whew. Trying to stay calm, guys, because I am bubbling up inside. Hallelujah. If I can, I would like to give you just two points. Point number one, and this is based on the fact that Moses was instructed to do something. If you read the book of Numbers, Israel twice needed water. And both times they needed water but weren't committed as a country, as a nation, as a people to just thank God for where they were and just ask him as father for what they needed. They murmured and complained. They weren't satisfied that God used this mighty man of God, Moses, to bring them out of Egypt. The spirit of Egypt was still in them even though they had gotten out of Egypt. If there's a declaration that you probably need to make right now before God is, Lord, take Egypt out of me. Because you can go out of Egypt, but still have Egypt in you. Oh, my God, that's another message. That's another message. That's another one. Hallelujah. He brought them all the way out. And while on the journey to the promised land, they run into a need for water. We're not going to go to the text. Take my word for it. They started to murmur. Moses, I can't believe you brought us all the way here to leave us in drought and thirsty. and We're going to die. The first time Moses goes to God, and God uses the opportunity to set a historic template that will connect Israel to the New Testament. God says to him, I've got water for you. What I want you to do is go to that rock. The rock representing Jesus himself. The rock of the kingdom in the Old Testament. This illustration represents Jesus Coming as the rock that will bring water that stops your eternal thirst. 
And so God uses this to say, I'm going to set something up that will connect every Christian and let them know that I've been involved in this thing from beginning to end. Hallelujah. I don't care what other Bible you look at. There's no other religion, no other Bible, no other book that connects itself from verse to verse, chapter to chapter, person to person, as the word of God that we believe in. So he tells Moses, stretch your rod over the rock. Ah, no, hit the rock the first time and water will come out for the people. That symbolic hitting of the rock was the symbol representing Jesus being bruised, being beaten, subsequently dying for our sins. That, that the rock had to take the whipping, had to take the hitting of humanity to deliver us from sin, to bring us the water of life. Now Moses couldn't have known that because this entire miracle comes out of a murmuring attitude, right? And God just says, hit the rock. But God already had a plan, as he always does. He hits the rock and water comes out. And they're happy and they're excited and well, bless God. Yahweh is God. He supplies our need. He's great. But it wasn't too much longer. They need water again. And this time, Moses expects them just like I would. If you've seen God, Supply water last time when you were grumbling and fussing and making a stink. Challenging God to do something that I proved to you that he could do. For sure, the second time around, you're going to have your attitude right. For sure, the second time around, you will just be grateful and just ask me as a child. But no, that's not what happened. Their humanity kicks in. Their sinful nature kicks in again for a second time. And when they're thirsty for water, they begin to grumble and fuss. I wish you'd left us in Egypt. Now here we are again. We're further into the wilderness and we're going to die. What kind of leader are you, Moses? Now, I can't tell you I would have behaved any differently because the second time around, Moses gets upset. He goes to God and God says, I'm going to give him water again. But as he's talking to God, I could just see him saying like Jonah, I can't believe you would give these, these good for nothing, rebellious, stiff necked thing. I wish you would just kill them all. But God says, I'm going to have mercy again. And what I want you to do is this time, don't hit the rock. Just speak to the rock. Re represents 
our Savior not paying the price twice. The first time, you gotta, he went through to Calvary with whips and scourges to deliver us from sin. The second time, all I got to do is, dear Jesus, I'm coming with my mess. I'm coming filled with all of the stink of my sinful behavior. And I'm bowing before you. Would you cleanse me? And he says, come on, baby. I'm going to give you water. Come on, baby. I'm going to give you water that will not let you thirst anymore. That will not let you thirst anymore. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on in. The water I give you will satisfy you so deeply that nothing. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Woo! Hallelujah. Now I understand again what the mothers meant when they said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus. And all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, my heart cries out, my lips can't say enough. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Thank you. Thank you for saving me. Oh, but poor Moses, he don't understand that God is using this to set up an example of something that will happen in the future. And he gets caught up with the disobedience and the frustration and the anger of dealing with folks that just can't get it right. As I went through this, I've thought about, see, my dad pastored before me. And as a PK, one of the things, a pastor's kid, one of the things that disturbed me the most and turned me off from ministry is often that I saw my dad and mom and Pastor Ron and Miss Judy, they will know exactly what I'm talking about. That the folk you do the most for, the most, the folk you sacrifice the most for, the times when my dad would have us plan a drive to the beach on a Saturday. We've been looking forward to it for a week. And then Saturday morning at six o'clock, somebody calls for the seventh time that their and their husband got into a fight and somebody's about to go to blows. We're about to call the cops and here is my dad. Guys, we got souls involved here. We got the cause of Christ. We don't, want, we don't want the world to say that God isn't good. You all wait here. I try to come back quick enough. And you be with them all day. And we'd have to cancel. Happened over and over again. And I said, that will never happen to me. I will not be taken advantage of. But I can't say no to the call. And eventually pulled me in. And as God is my witness, I've taken those words back. 
I've taken those frustrations back because I see the same thing again in my own life. The people you love the most, the people you cuddle the most, the people you pamper the most, the people you give out a boy the most are the same ones that are so spoiled. They will not make room for the kingdom to expand. If I train you now to call you every time you are sick, to call you every time you don't feel good, to call you every time you're going to hospital, if I train you that way now as God's servant, what do you think will happen to me and Pastor Ron and every other pastor when the church has got 500 or 1,000 members? Just not mature enough to understand we are setting a precedent to expand the kingdom. I've been away for three months and he hadn't called me once to pray for me. It just so happened that the same ones that say that stuff are the same ones that hadn't called you in a year to say, Pastor, I'm praying for you. The same ones that have not sent you a text to say, Pastor, I heard that you have just gone through a life, almost life-ending battle with COVID. But I've been praying for you. I've been in and out of the valley of death, heard nothing from them. When they headache. They're going to leave because I didn't call them once. And I did if you think God is sending you to this church and your expectation is the pastors are going to call you every time you stump your toe every time you have a headache it is not going to happen because God has called us to mature some folk not to give you the bottle all your life has called us to mature you to get you to a place where you can put your hand on yourself and speak the word of God and say by his stripes I am healed thank you Jesus hey he's dealing with these folks pastor and they are murmuring for the second time and brother Moses gets upset and he sees the rock, and instead of speaking to it, as God said, in his frustration, in his anger, over folk that are stiff-necked, he hits the rock again. Well, that messes up the symbolic picture that God is trying to set up 2,000 years from that point. It cannot go unpunished. But I hate using the word punish. It cannot go without discipline. 
I see a clear difference between discipline and punishment. So if I can attempt to take punishment out of your vocabulary, because I don't believe God punishes us. I believe he disciplines us. And so in his discipline, God says to Moses in chapter 20 of Numbers that because you didn't obey me, I'm not, I'm not angry to the point of disowning you, but because your disobedience interrupted a plan that I've got that you don't know anything about, I've got to correct it with you. Or else Burton Ross is going to read it and think he can get away with the same thing. Ron Denham will read it and believe that God will give him a pass on, on disobedience after I have told you time and time again. If you hear me and obey me, you will eat the fat of the land. Thank you, Lord. Number one, number one. God's discipline for an act of disobedience does not exclude you from his abundance in blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody, someone, it might be only one or two. Maybe it's someone online that, that, that is jumping up and shouting because the adversary has kept telling you, oh, you messed up, you ain't gonna get nothing back. You, you are, will not receive your blessing. You done messed up, what missed you done past you. What, what, what you lost, you'll never get back. You are not worthy of God's blessing in the future because of what happened right here. But I'm here to tell you that that's a lie from the devil. That God disciplines us on the occasion of our iniquity and he does not attach it to anything else. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you don't attach my, dis my, my, my disruption, my mess, my misbehavior today to the to future of my life. God tells Moses, because you were disobedient and your actions here messed with my plan over here, I've got to set it right now so people who read in the future will understand I'm a God that does not change. I'm a God that doesn't waffle. I'm a God that doesn't take back his word. That if I say I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you. If I say obey me and you'll walk in supply, obey me and you're going to walk in supply. If I tell you that when you are disobedient, I'm going to have to discipline you, I am not going to let it pass. I am going to discipline you, but my blessings will continue to flow in your life if you repent. So point number one, God's discipline for an act of disobedience does not mean he's excluded you from the abundance of blessing. It will never mean that. 
I don't care what the devil has told you in the past. I don't care what people, I don't care what you've been through. I don't care if you have killed somebody and you went to jail. You may still have to pay the consequences of being in jail for the rest of your life, but your soul is going to be saved for eternity if you repent. You'll still come out on the best end of the scale. He told, tell you a few things. God says that to him in chapters 20 of, Exod, of Numbers. You're not going to go in to the promised land because of this. Unless we try to make a connection to God being so angry that he keeps him out and he doesn't want anything to do with him anymore. I need to refer you. Later on, you can read it. In chapters 21, right after God tells him that. <laughs> immediately, in chapters 21 of Numbers, God gives him supernatural ability to lead Israel, who, have, who were what, coming out of 400 years? 430 years of bondage. There's no place to practice being a soldier when you're in slavery. God brings them out of that. And here, for the first time, God takes them, leads them by his, leads them through Moses, the same guy that he said in 20, you're not going into the promised land. This is not punitive. This is discipline. God leads them to take a walloping to the Canaanites. They were outmanned, outnumbered, out everything. And God said, I'm giving you victory. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone needs to be saying to themselves, I, my victory is in God. Hallelujah. My victory is through God. My victory is certain, not because of my goodness, but because God is good. Hallelujah. Would you tell, would you tell him with me? Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. It's unmerited favor, guys, that I can't buy. I can't negotiate. I can't get it on my own. He just gives it to me. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 20, chapter 20, uh, 21 and 3, God leads them to victory over the Canaanites. Chapter 21, down to verse 34, God comes a with, uh, to them again and leads them in victory over the Amorites. I mean, on and on. And then, here's the kicker, because I'm, a, I'm a, the, the priest of this house, so this meant more to me than anything else. Between chapters 26 of Numbers and chapters 36, the last book of Numbers, God uses Moses to set up 
his system of theocratic government. Could you imagine yourself being the person that signed on the dotted line of the Declaration of Independence? Do you see how we honor all of the signers of that declaration? Do you see Monk Rushmore with all those faces up there? Hail those great men. This was an unprecedented thing that God could do. That on one hand, God disciplines him and said, you're not going into the promised land, but it's not punitive. I'm going to use you to set up my way of government. I'm going to use you to expand and grow Israel. I'm going to use you to fulfill what I told Abraham. My God. When I saw that, I said, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your grace. I can see the promised land. I can see the promised land. I can see the promised land. Listen, for anyone who is looking at your life and is, and is looking at you and saying all kinds of negative things because they don't know how God is working, they may look at you and say, oh, look at what you missed. Look at what he missed. It's because they did so. And it's because they did so. But they don't know. Nobody knew. Nobody knew that Moses was given a better honor than going into the promised land. I don't know about you guys, but every day during the week, Sister Cannon, and twice on Sunday, I would let God bury me rather than walk into the promised land on my own. Is there anyone else like that? I prefer the story of my life to be. He laid down and just died and God himself buried him. Oh, oh, oh. I, I'm not comparing that to the promised land. No, 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 no. The promised land is physical. The promised land is here. The promised land for them was going into a place where they could feel physically free. And God says, you're not going there, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you home to me and I'm going to get you, pick you up myself in my limousine. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick you up myself with my driver. I'm going to pick you up myself. As a matter of fact, I'm not sending my limousine. I'm driving my old sports car dunked from heaven and I'm going to come pick you up and take you home with me. Oh, I'm going to take that any day. Any day I'm taking God coming and picking me up. Burying me in a place where nobody could find me but God. Oh, my God. Woo. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Ah. Woo. Thank you, Father. 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 Oh, Woo. thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. God uses him to set up his system 
of government through the priests. I want you to think about that. What is God, what is God trying to use you to set up? What is God trying to use you to set up? To make you the initiator of change in your family. To be the initiator of a new kind of government and structure for your house. To be the initiator of a new kind of way to do things. A way of blessing. A way of anointing. A way of glory. Directed by God himself. Will you say yes to God if it means that people are going to point a finger at you and say, I knew it. She ain't no Christian. See how they messed up? Christian wouldn't do that. Christian wouldn't. I said it last week in Bible study. You got to use some common sense when you're dealing with the devil. You've got an adversary who cannot, listen guys, he cannot do anything right by God. Let me say that again. He can't do anything right by God. He is Satan. This is the guy that can't do anything right by God, trying to make a mockery of you because you messed up once or twice. There is no comparison. That's why God said, I am married to the, believe, the, the unbeliever, the one who fails. I, I'm your father. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. Because I understand that your heart is thirsting for me. Number two, and this is our last point. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper today. If you're at home, get your juice ready and your, your wafer, your cracker, <clears throat> or your, your biscuit or whatever that chip may, may be. Uh, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper this morning. The first is that God's acts of discipline doesn't exclude you from blessing, Right? Number two, when your frustrations, and this is, this is just a proclamation, when your frustrations are allowed to interrupt your faith, your promised land is in, is in danger. Let me say that again. When your frustrations are allowed to interrupt your faith, your promised land is in danger. Doesn't mean you've lost it. It means it's in danger. Look with me at Numbers chapter 20, verse 12. Numbers chapter 20 and 12. The reason Moses hit the rock was because in that moment, his fate to believe was shadowed, overshadowed by his, his frustration. The reason he hit the rock was because his fate to believe God's promise was overshadowed by his frustration. 
You cannot allow frustrations to cause you to react. As a matter of fact, I am encouraging you right now with me to, to make a declaration. I am a believer. I am a believer. And I will not react to the devil's promptings. I will respond to the directives of God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You've got to tell yourself that over and over until it gets into your spirit. I will not, I refuse to react anymore. I refuse. I refuse to have folk come and kick my shin and then I cuss. I refuse to let someone come and mess with my, my, my good day and me react and flesh out. I'm not going to do it. I got too much to lose. I'm not putting, I'm not putting my promised land in jeopardy. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm not putting my promised land in jeopardy. I'm not putting my promised land in jeopardy. I'm not messing with God's blessing in my future. I'm not going to allow the adversary to steal my future from me. No! With the, by the grace of God, I am going to respond in wisdom as opposed to react in the flesh. Ah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it in my own strength, but I believe you'll help me, Lord. I believe you'll help me. I believe you'll help me. Your word said, I am the apple of your eye. I am the iris in your eye. God! You will not leave me. Your help is there. I just got to receive it. I've just got to receive it. I've just got to activate it. I said we were, myself and my buddies were sitting uh, at our, our Monday night prayer and you're just sitting talking. And it just dawned on one of us that one of the things that we have been failing in, we're not, this, that's, this is a different message, but I'm dropping it in. God has ministering angels. The word talks over and over again about God sending ministering angels when people were at their wits end. How come we don't activate our ministering angels every day? When last have you said, Lord, I need my angel right now. Lord, I need ministering angels right now. Lord, I need your ministering angels right now. The ones that you have assigned to watch over my life, all of my life, I, I need that one right now. Hear why that's important. Because you don't have to invite the adversary to attack you. If I don't have to invite the, the, the adversary to attack my life, He's there morning, noon, night, trying to break me down. Then the more often I activate the God who watches over me, the God who protects me, the God who makes a way in my life, the better it will be. 
He will not take the test away. He will not take the trial away, but he will make me stronger and I will march into the adversary's territory and take whatever was stolen. He will have to pay back tenfold because I'm standing in the promises of my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You read that. I have, I, I'm going to read it. Numbers 20 and 12 said, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, Because you did not believe me, to hallow or honor me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Why would God say that? Because he's setting up a, a template for protocol that is coming. Do you see it clearly here? Because what you did was an attempt by the adversary to mess up my plan for how I will operate in the New Testament. Therefore, you shall not bring the assembly into the land which I have given them. The last thing that I would like to say is I was blown away when at the end of Moses' life, Jordan, that the last thing God says about him is he's dead. I took him. I buried him myself, but it wasn't because he was sick. It wasn't because he was poorly. It wasn't because he was bad or good. It was because I wanted to spend more time with him. Blows my mind. When everyone else is thinking that you die because you died, God is saying he died because I want to spend time with him. I'm going to pick him up myself. I'm going to retrieve him myself. I ain't sending an angel. I'm coming down myself. And I'm going to receive his soul. Hey. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I understand. Now I understand. Now I understand why God has to say, and when he died and I came to pick him up, he still had 20-20 vision. Hush. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, that was more than just physical. You understand that God is also talking about his spiritual condition? That when I came to pick him up, he was still seeing glory. He was still seeing me high and lifted up. He was seeing me as the preeminent God of the universe. He was still worshiping me as El Yelion, the Most High. When I came to pick him up, he had 20-20 vision of who I am. Let me tell you, you can't have that kind of vision if you have unforgiveness in you. That's how I know that he didn't hold it against God. The worst thing you can do is when God attempts to discipline you, 
You get all in your attitude and flesh. You get up all in yourself. Oh, I don't know I got to do that. Why you couldn't do that to someone else? I wasn't that bad. What I did was not like so-and-so. So now you want God to compare you. Or before, when things are going good, you don't want him to compare you and say, I think I gave her a little too much blessing because so-and-so is still poor. But now, when he disciplines you, now you want to turn around and say, well, how come so-and-so ain't going through nothing and I got to go through all of this? God looked at this man and says, you walked through your discipline and you still came back to me with repentance. You walked through your discipline, your tough time, and you came back and still bowed for me. You came back and your attitude was right. You did not hold it against me, but you worshiped me. You did not have unforgiveness in your heart, but you had an attitude of worship and thanksgiving. His eyes were still seeing everything 2020. And his ability to produce, oh my God. See, I started off talking about all physical. Now we're switching over to the physical, the spiritual ramifications. What a word to have God say, come on home. You still got 2020 vision, but I, 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 I'm jealous. I want you home with me. What a thing to happen where God looks at you and said, I know, I know you can stay around longer, but, but the truth is, I'd like to spend time with you. I can see the promised land. I can see the promised land. And it's not just physical. It's eternal. I invite you to see the promised land this morning. That it's not just physical, but it's eternal. Hallelujah. Prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves for communion this morning. Prepare yourselves. Hallelujah. 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 As you're looking at me in this moment, before I invite Pastor Ron to come up and lead us in our communion service, I'm asking you to take a moment and just ask God to cleanse you, wash you. Ask God to, let, to wash you. Ask God to wash you this morning. Ask God to wash you this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pastor Ron, would you come up? Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Let's partake together. Would you stand with me? Would you stand, everyone? Hallelujah. Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy. You are worthy. And thank you that you've made us worthy, Lord. Cleanse us. Cleanse us, O oh God. Are you Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb, you are holy, holy, are you Lord God Almighty, worthy is the Lamb, yes you are, worthy is the Lamb, you are holy, you are holy, Holy, are you Lord? Are you Lord? You Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Amen. Father, we play your. We pray your blessing Hallelujah. on this congregation, the one here at our physical address and all, all over our city. We thank you that you've given us the opportunity today to get assembled together Hallelujah. in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You're dismissed. Giving is one of our greatest tools in worship. Would you give with us on today in your worship? You can give online at theassemblyflawance.org. Navigate to the top right corner. If you're on a desktop, click the Give Now button. If you're on a mobile device, tablet, smartphone, click the three horizontal lines in the top right corner of the screen and click the Give Now button. Both of those Give Now buttons will take you to our online giving platform. You can also text to give by texting the number 77977 that says SC Assembly Give, and that's all one word. 
you'll receive step-by-step -step instructions on how to give via text. Lastly, you can give by mailing in check or money order to The Assembly at 2925 West Palmetto Street, Florence, South Carolina, 29501. Help us to advance the kingdom of God all around the world.